I just saw a Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, YouTube video explained in 60 seconds. It's almost like, dare I say, nothing happens. Welcome to Take 303. Sound, speeding, camera, rolling, scene 29. Take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by Fort Wayne Media, the podcast for the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. We're talking everything film and television. And today, we are talking about Silicon Valley and Attack on Titans. And the reason I said that with so much emphasis is because we're finally doing television. Let's fucking go! Woo! Only took, what, 28 episodes? We say it in the title every single time. I don't like television, but I'm excited. Doesn't like television antsy as fuck about doing a television episode he, you literally messaged me you were like all right at the end of the month we're planning this out we're doing a television episode yeah and, we, i can't say film and television not do it uh in cinematic news cinematic news the marvels movie the one with uh brie larson and the two other yeah set up to be the worst marvel that if if marvel lets this movie gets released it's actually the end of marvel as we know it ironically it is going Marvel's. To take away all of the IMAX screens away from Dune 2. Okay. I thought you were saying, like, Dune's still going to release, but instead of putting Dune up there with IMAX, Marvel's just getting it. You go watch Dune in regular unsponsored theaters, whatever. No, but what I was saying was that, uh, yeah, Marvel's is getting a boost up because Dune is out of the way. Okay. I mean, are we going to review the Marvel's on this? I'm actually asking, I'm genuinely asking you as your co-host, can we please ban superhero movies for one month? All right. As long as September doesn't have any, I can... Yeah, I think we're good for September and October. I just think I'm sick of it. The people are sick of it. Oversaturated market, nothing new. Anyway, let's get into it. Silicon Valley, created by Mike Judge, stars Thomas Middleditch, TJ Miller, Josh Brenner, Martin Starr, Kumal Nanjiani, and Zach Woods. Silicon Valley follows a programmer who develops an app that compresses files into smaller sizes. So imagine 120 gigs to 24 gigs instead. After he makes this app, him and his friends who he lives with, who are also programmers, look for people who will buy their app and sponsor them and help start their own business in Silicon Valley, which is known for all of the big tech companies making apps and different things like that, Facebook and Google. So we follow him on his journey to make Pied Piper a successful company and app. And that is what this show is about. A little all over the place, but we got there. Yeah. I mean, it's a TV show, so it has a lot of different arcs, lots of different characters yeah. to go through. That's the problem. And uh, yeah, I was floored by the show when I originally saw it because you know how anal I am. And... Would you believe it that I watched this show at season two, episode eight? Yeah. That's where I started. Not surprised. That's because season two is great. So uh, context, I've watched two seasons of it because I asked Nick to watch Attack on Titans, which we'll talk about later. And the runtime, he tried to get me to watch three seasons. In my defense, in my defense, I was saying like, oh, there's 25 episodes of Attack on Titan. So there's, you know, 24 episodes over the course of three seasons for Silicon Valley, but Silicon Valley is a longer show. Well, it's one of those HBO things where HBO says it's an hour long show, but HBO is a straight hour, no commercials. And so when you said this one's 30 minutes and I told you Attack on Titans is 
technically quote unquote 30 minutes, but it's really 22 with openings and endings and credits. I'm like a 22 minute, but this is 30 minutes beginning to end. It's a good show. I really liked it. Very happy with it. And I, I definitely got more into it as time went on. And I was not, I was not liking it the first few episodes at all. It takes a little time to set in. It's also, um, as you mentioned with the premise, it's not your everyday kind of show. And that's what I love about Mike Judge's work. He's the guy who did uh, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, um, Office Space. Very um, n- nuanced, mm, nuanced kind of writing. And it's very like hole in the wall. It's like it's not your everyday kind of comedy, but it's something that you can still watch and enjoy without knowing everything about that area of the world. Peter Fiorentino is the one who actually recommended this one to me we were sitting down and he was watching the show um that's how i started on season two episode eight and then when i watched it, i was like wait this is really good i was like so i gotta i gotta dial the, i gotta start this over silicon valley programming engineering computers it's not something everybody can relate to but if you have a good show you don't need to understand any of that to enjoy the show because one what the show does really well establishing characters and motivations and nobody is trying to be funny right it's not like they are the actors are but the way it's written it's just people are being their their exaggerated character selves and it's just really funny to watch a word that i would describe it um completely as inspiring i think there's something inspiring about someone that decides to go out and make something and create something and try to make it grow and turn into something that isn't commercialized that isn't um you know sucked under corporate america and wants to actually do good things because there's so many pieces of satire throughout the series i know you've seen probably maybe like two of the fake commercials inside of the the show where they're like we want to make things like a we want to make the world a better place through our product and and they they do this joke throughout the series everybody that's doing a startup is trying to make the The world world a better better place place through their product it's so true man like, or even uh, when uh, Gavin is like, we can make the world a better place and cure cancer <laughs> <laughs> and AIDS. It, it, yeah, so it's so funny because it's so accurate. I love that they're poking fun at these big companies that are trying to be innovative, brand new, easy three-step process when it's just about making money. And watching a guy who, which I feel, I think everybody can relate to. Everybody's had an idea at some point, something they think is like, you can sell or something you can use to better yourself. And so you have Richard who understands the math, understands how to make algorithms, understands how to make the app. But the man knows nothing about business and how to do things. And so we really watch and that's the truth of life. It's very hard to do a lot of these things. People make their own businesses, do stuff. Have I ever told you the story of how Fort Way was created? No. So we were all just trying to think of a name for the company uh greg his dog uh it was named originally after after the dog the name is zeus but peter and i were like it can't be called zeus productions that could be shifty like doesn't sound good so we were like workshopping a whole bunch of different names and it was a probably two to three week process because we really had to get the ball rolling on this and we were tossing out every single name and after seeing Silicon Valley, I definitely quoted it multiple times to Peter. And I was like, it has to be like something that rolls off the tongue, something that is orgasmic. Like it has to like really have that primal. <laughs> that <laughs> primal. It. Like it, yeah. 
single word, you know, something that you could shout out. And four way. <laughs> there we go. See, it works. It, works. it sounds right. Um, four way media, obviously, being the longer one, but Fort Way, it just sounds nice and clean, and it works. Peter told me movies, Brooklyn, New York, cinematic, classic, all these words that had to pop out to us. And, you know, I was thinking about movies, Brooklyn. I go to the Alpine all the time. Alpine, Apex, Mountain. Uh, Alpine was around the corner from the Fort Way. And I just yelled it out and I immediately knew that was <laughs> that was the name. Yeah, it's so crazy because this show explores all of that in great detail. And you definitely feel like you're on the journey with these guys. And you realize how many problems come up, how many roadblocks, obstacles which is obviously comical because nothing ever goes right for them. Yeah, he was going out of his way not to be racist. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> so good. So good. Now that you've seen two seasons, who's your favorite characters or best performances, that kind of thing? Gilfoyle. Isn't even close. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> Isn't even close. Best character on the show. I love, like, one of his first introductions. He's, like, hanging something up on a, <laughs> on a shelf. And Kamal Nanjiani is like, uh, I thought you were a Satanist. And he's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and he's like, well, you have a, a crucifix on your, you know, a tattoo on your on your arm. And he's he's got his arm up yeah. like like so. So it's like right here. And uh, he's like, why, why do you have that? He's like, it's an upside down cross. He's like, not from here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then, he, and then he brings the arm down. He's like, oh, you should get another tattoo that says this side up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the the comedy is in the in all the sidebarring in a lot of ways it feels like it's situational yeah and i what i love about gilfoyle in particular is that he's constantly messing with the other guy but also is extremely talented but just does everything in his power to not care not give a shit and do his like least work as possible which is just great but then he really steps up the plate like obviously one of the best scenes and episodes in the first two seasons i watched was him like putting the servers together and he just busts a hole through and like you've watched this guy for two seasons not care or do anything but now here he is literally bank breaking down walls when before like he wouldn't even get up to pick the remote he just keeps going on about how he's holding himself back or like <laughs> you know maybe this speed is you know fast for you but it's my leisurely <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the hubris the yeah, hubris <laughs> it's great it's, i'm sorry yeah it's jared he is my favorite character. I take that all back. I completely forgot about him. Oh my god, that's the joke. OJ. <laughs> I completely forgot about Jared. Every single character is so likable, even the villains. Yeah. Where obviously we love Richard, but he kind of takes a backseat to all the characters because the everybody else is a character. Jared, you have Gavin, you have Monica. Monica. Who's an M, yeah. Yeah, uh, when Deliver the news in your your uh, least attractive <laughs> clothes possible. Can I suggest the beige ensemble? <laughs> <laughs> Russ Hanneman. Russ Hanneman's excellent. He's everything wrong with those with fucking YouTube influencers, business coaches, everything that's wrong about him. He's the epitome of it, and I love it. You know who he reminds me of? The guy we can't name on this podcast. Oh my gosh! Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I'm just glad someone's finally making fun of this that is not just complaining on the internet. It's just the right amount. It does everything perfect. Big Head 
you know, just... <laughs> but that's how it is sometimes in the workplace. It is. I mean, he was... Gavin was looking at all these different nerd groups, and they were like, they always travel in packs of five, and they always have these specific, you know, sizes, shapes, and colors, and it's just funny. And I think we could go on and on, and we could quote scenes and stuff like that, but I guess we always talk about favorite scenes. Let's talk about favorite episodes. Uh, I'm going to pull out the list for this. Obviously, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of them. For me, I know season two is so good. Um, obviously, binding arbitration. I've always wanted to go to binding arbitration. is a great two, two episodes for the finale, but I still lean the season finale, the part one and part two of season one. Oh. When they're at the, the expo and they create middle out inadvertently because that 100% JP is something that would have happened to us in high school. Yeah. You know the lunch table conversations. And yeah. that is 100% something that we would have done where we would have been like, yeah, you know, how long would that have taken? And we would have whipped out the loose leaf <laughs> and tried to actually map it out. And we were I we were AP students, so we could have figured it out. I also liked um obviously the Statue of Liberty episode is just great. <laughs> I think it's very hard to talk about it. I will say, I didn't know if I was going to like Russ Hanneman's character introduction in season two, but he's so necessary. Man, tip to tip. So good. Middle, um, middle out. You know what? I, I, I am going to land on one. I think it comes down to two for me. And they both kind of revolve around Dinesh. Dinesh getting tricked by Gilfoyle into thinking his girl's into him is just a great episode, <laughs> <laughs> which might be just a moment. But then the, I really like the, um, is it the same episode with the kimono where they meet double A? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that one. And just because of the whole side plot with Gilfoyle and Dinesh. Man, I've made so many jokes with Peter and anyone else that have watched uh, Silicon Valley about swatting things. Yeah, let's swat. Yeah, let's. We I referenced it just now. We had to make a decision. And I was like, you want to swat it? It's like, careful, they might swat you back. And obviously the season two cliffhanger is great. It's awesome. It's a great show. I think the season finale is very strong. Yeah, they're written so sharply. They're such, you know, uh, tiny seasons that... They're very digestible. And then also at the same thing, you're looking at episodes and trying to figure out your favorite episode. It just goes to a, a testament of how iconic and recognizable these episodes are. Like, they really do stand out. Sometimes with uh, TV shows, you'll have those episodes that are kind of like throwaways in the middle of the season. You don't really need them. But every single episode moves that story forward. Yeah. And I know beginnings are always hard to try to get people interested and invested um, but there's just something magical that happens five episodes in that they just don't have in the first four. I think the joke that kept me where I like, okay, this show has promise is when Gavin points out the nerd group of like one, one. I was like, dude, that's so freaking accurate. Holy. I feel like Gilfoyle and Dinesh take the seriousness out of everything happening in Pied Piper. I also think Jared is key. I think once Jared is in the show... This show is 10 out of 10. And I think we would be amiss if we didn't talk about Ehrlich. He was just hysterical in this. There's a scene uh, in season three that I hope you continue. And that's going to be one of my next questions. Um, he comes up to the new CEO of Pied Piper. And he's an older gentleman. And his character prepares a list of old jokes to make at his expense to his face. <laughs> And he's like, how do you like dinner at 4.30 and watching uh, reruns of Frasier? Like, he just does a whole <laughs> list of yeah. 
things that he can can compare. It's a it's a deleted scene, but he does that for four minutes straight. That's awesome. And and a lot of his his lines were improv, so that that is a lot of him. So I think he's the glue that holds this together, and he leaves the series towards the end. And I think that was the downfall of Silicon Valley. I love the show to death. The only gripe I have is that sometimes it recycles the problem where at the start of each season, Richard loses potentially some of his company and has to regrow it in another way. So it's almost exactly the same problem he's having over and over again. And maybe you picked up on that. Uh, Yeah, obviously, they're just anything they need to do. There's a problem. That's the whole thing. And it just cycles through. But the the best part about um, Ehrlich's character, which I maybe you can tell me more if I watch it, but what was nice about it is not only do they have the outside forces that are messing them, they also have the inside force. Where it's this problem that because of just the situation of it, they just have this person who at any point could destroy the company from the inside completely out of their control. Because like not getting funding and stuff... That's just, you know, it is what it is. But you also just have this person that at any point, if you show to anybody or let them do too much, it doesn't matter if those people want to fund you. It's over. It's done. And I think he's an important element to the show. He is also a coder. Yeah, you get so, to see it in season two a little so bit. So he's not completely an idiot. He actually knows what he's doing. He knows that world. He's just very lackadaisical about it and very high up on his horse about aviato and aviato. how you say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's so... I wonder if they did this purpose purposefully so you have richard and the other guys who have no social skills like are very weak at it right and usually how's that uh, displayed in nerds and things like that usually it's quiet reserved can't talk in front of people and that's very true about richard and a few of the guys but you have somebody like ehrlich where it's the opposite problem not only is he socially inept it's because of his hubris and his ego but he doesn't come off as a typical nerd. He doesn't wear the pocket protecting the glasses. Because we've seen the hubris nerd who's just full of his... <laughs> you know. Ehrlich is just a pot-smoking coder who's just full of his shit and has the same social ineptitude, but on the other end of talks too much, doesn't know when to shut up, says things that don't make sense. Wait, you slept with the second wife? And he's like, yeah. He's like, but you went back in the morning? He's like, yeah, after he was gone. It only took, yeah, sleeping with somebody's wife and then something other thing. And it's like, really? Oh, getting, no, sleeping with somebody's wife and getting punched in the face is what it took for me to get you to the next round. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've seen two seasons. There's Mm -hmm. six overall. Mm -hmm. Do you feel any inclination to watch the rest? I'll be watching the third, I'm pretty sure. I'll see if I get to four. Without spoiling too much, you were actually right about the whole inside could ruin the outside thing. So a few people do rise up in ranks and cause a, uh, some trouble. That's and all that, I'll say. And that's, you need that. You need that. Final thoughts and ratings. I'll go first sure. since it was my pick. I love the show. Absolutely hilarious. Very quotable. Respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> it is just so funny. I've, I've also watched this uh, show with my mom. She loved it when she was watching it. And she knows nothing about this area yeah. of, of field of work. The characters are all people that you like even the bad guys so entertaining very fun to rewatch. five out of five here i think it's a good show you might not like it at first i think it's a little slow to get started that's most things that's everything um but i think it really knows who it's it, who it is and what show it's going to be halfway through the season i just think my only gripe with the movie my only problem with it 
is if it is situational comedy and all that, I think it actually, it holds off in the beginning too much. It needs to hit us harder. It's too subtle with the satire. I want overt satire really fast, really quickly. And so that's why I think my problem with it is because I could see somebody watching a few episodes and maybe not want to watch it anymore. And so for that reason, for now, Silicon Valley is a four out of five for me. Uh, and even though that mostly was, ne- it's the one negative thing about it, but it, I do want to watch a third season. So that's saying a lot. Not that I would ever give it a four and a half because it's disgusting to give half ratings. Do not be surprised if I change it to a five out of five. So after the break, we will be reviewing JP's pick, Attack on Titan. Anime, let's go! What is four-way media? Is it a company that's producing videography and photography? No. We're changing the world. Sharper images, close-ups, colorful compositions, slick, quick editing, which we are about. Original, reused techniques. We are revolutionizing videography by doing something that no other company has done before. We are recording. Everything that is happening at the place you want it at the time you need it. Higher resolution, more cinematic, Asian-owned, We can make the world a better place, one photo at a time. Stop waiting to capture everyday life and fight venereal diseases with Fort Way Media. Welcome back. And we forgot to do it last episode, but we're going to bring it back this episode. Our what if segment before we hop into Attack on Titan. And this week we have a really good uh, question. It's also another casting choice. Uh, What if Jim Carrey played Buddy the Elf in the movie Elf. I've sat with this a while now. Buddy would just be a manic. Like, he'd be a a psychopath. Like, I just can't see Jim Carrey playing wholesome kind. He's either just playing complete manic psycho comedian. Yeah, I'm a a fan. And I've seen a good portion of his movies. I definitely agree with you in terms of, like, seeing something like Mask or uh, Liar Liar, uh, Bruce Almighty. He definitely plays like crazy uh to the to the highest but if i were thinking of something like truman show he could dial it down yeah but the wholesomeness like there's a wholesomeness to will ferrell like this exaggerated kindness that is just so iconic with the character i know it's a what if i don't know if jim carrey can do wholesome he can do straight he can do normal characters i see what you're saying though like the kindness of Buddy the Elf, you know. I, I don't know if Jim Carrey could do that without coming off crazy. Exactly. Can he do it? And I don't think he can. But it's Jim Carrey. He can do anything. So, like my first Jim Carrey movie was Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Mine I mean, was The Mask. Yeah. So, alrighty then. And it was I watched that on repeat. Such a good one. Like, I'm trying to put Will Ferrell in, like, Ace Ventura. Well, actually, you know what? That, that As you say that, that brings up a good question. Because um, arguably, Will Ferrell's most iconic roles are, what, Step Brothers, Elf, that kind of thing. Um, Jim Carrey's, one of, one of his most iconic roles is The Mask and Ace Ventura. So could Will Ferrell play either of those characters? So I think, so I think Will Ferrell could play... An Ace Ventura, but it'd just be a different Ace Ventura. Obviously. But I think the missing part is just the manic energy. Yeah, Will Ferrell plays more subtle characters. Very just, like, ridiculous, but, like, kind. They're always kind. I just, when I mention just a warm smile and a hug. Minus Anchorman, where he's just an asshole. Uh, but it's great. 60, uh, 60% of the time. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's interesting. It's just, yeah, Will Ferrell is is literally the watered-down version of Jim Carrey without all the manicness. Like, the That's only person... Comparison, yeah. Yeah. It's just watered-down in every way. Not necessarily, like... When I say watered-down, just, like, the dial's way down. Yeah, like, Will Ferrell can hit the high notes. Yeah. Like, when he's doing, like, um, you know, more cowbell. Yeah. Like, he can exaggerate his voice really high like that, but he, he doesn't do that in the movements, yeah. per se. He's very stiff. Mm-hmm. where and it's all like just line delivery and face like hmm, yes mm-hmm. whereas um like jim carrey the obviously the only person i can think crazier than jim carrey is like robin williams like those two are in their own world so like yeah imagining the thing is i think robin williams could do an elf i just i because i've seen him play quieter down roles because robin williams is just one of the best actors of all time but that's a hot take on i'll take it no, I, I don't. You don't think I don't. I don't see anyone. People said actors. Like if you say comedians, maybe, but I actually think, you know, some no, of he his shattered me in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, no, he's great. And now we're gonna talk about Attack on Titan. JP's been waiting a long time for this. He's been talking about this for a long time. He, uh, when we were planning the session, he was, you know, plotting out which anime do I give Nick, and he landed on this. It was a struggle too. You you were between two. It was this and what De- was the other one? The original Death Note. Death Note. And, um, or Phil Metal by Alchemist Brotherhood. Sorry. <laughs> I promise they're real titles. Do, do you travel in packs of five? With... <laughs> Attack on Titan is directed by Tetsuo Araki. And some of the cast is Yuki Kaiji, uh, Yui Ishikawa, and Marina Inoue. In a world overrun by humanoid-like giant titans, uh... Our main character, Eren, lives in a society guarded by three walls. When one of the walls is broken into and the Titans begin attacking, uh, Eren and his friends, uh, people around his age, begin joining the military force. And they don't know a lot about these Titans. Uh, they just know that they they eat humans and his parents get killed. Um, well, his mother. And uh, there's a lot of secrets for him to discover about himself and that's what attack on titan is about um how did you feel about these how do you feel about these mysteries i welcome them because Good. it wasn't the mind fuck that uh you know akira was <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't the you know let me give you a little bit of information and nothing else that spirited away was and this i felt it. yeah this i felt gave me a good enough information where I knew what was happening and similar I think to our last episode with old boy where we were given just enough information to know what was happening but want to know more I told you or I think you called when I was on like episode three or four and I was like I actually enjoyed this um I think I got into a little bit anime over overload though because I binged basically the whole season yesterday so I think if I would step into season two it wouldn't be for a little while, and it, it and I would do it over a longer period of time. I think um, seeing it one after the other really did a number on me. I th- something about anime it disconnects, and when we were talking about um, Akira, we talked about dubs versus subs, and we even talked about that with Spirited Away. And I watched Attack on Titan subtitled for the first like six or seven episodes, I would say, and. It played so much better. And I don't know if it's the series or just hearing the original uh, language, but it just played out so much better. 
Yeah, that's generally how it goes for anime. Some some dub is good, but most of the time sub is better. And I think yesterday, only because I was in a rush to like really get through it and not have to read yeah, the yeah. whole thing, I did switch it into English. And I saw some of the differences because it was during, like I think, episode 10 where I was like, this is get this is taking a lot out of me i was like let me just switch it now and i switched it probably during the first like five minutes of an episode so i rewatched the same footage that i just yeah. saw with the english dub and it changed the dialogue drastically like i thought it would be almost comparable but no the the english uh the english dub really put a twist on the dialogue better or worse I'd say worse. Yeah, usually. That's yeah, because it wasn't like it wasn't like grammatically incorrect or something like that. It was just it was putting in words that didn't exist, and it was changing the tone and the, I uh, maybe even the pacing a little bit. Like it just yeah. really changed how I viewed that episode. Yeah, and you you really have to decide before getting into an anime dub or sub. Uh, my fiance much prefers dub, obviously. Like you, it makes sense. You want to hear things in your own language. Um, so I, I'm used to watching a lot of things dubbed now, but there are certain things that uh, I'll, I'll watch sub if I'm watching it alone. Yeah, I'm glad. I remember when you were talking like, dude, no, you have to get to episode six. And uh, yeah, and things got crazy. Um, I think it was. I think you were off by one number though. I think it was, it was seven? episode five. Oh, okay, maybe it was five. Yeah. Yeah, that's when every everybody gets eaten. That kind of thing. No, when that, Aaron gets eaten. That's five. That's five. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, I thought you know we were going to start over and have a completely different character and then what happens after that was even more insane and i was like okay now i can see somewhat of where this is going and sam was kind of like on facetime watching parts and bits and pieces with me she also has a roommate that's like super into anime and she said she thinks she watched one of the episodes before um and she started putting the pieces together of what she thought would happen with the female uh titan and stuff like that um but yeah i just really enjoyed this over the other two i think because it's a zany idea i think if if i had to put it into words i think because it's such like an like akira and spirited away especially spirited away takes place in like our time and it's like these mystical whimsical things are happening and it it just took me out of place and then akira it just kind of like get so lost for me in the sauce of like philosophical things and that kind of thing and i just wasn't vibing with it and then attack on titan i told you if i had to relate it to something it felt like an episode of power rangers yeah but like gruesome power rangers oh yeah no this is not for kids at all brutal show brutal felt very action like i love action movies so this felt good it was very uh paced very well the episodes flow very quickly um and flow very nicely in between each other um the action sequences are also absolutely beautiful to look at and i have a question for you yeah on that one because you always give me the the backstories of like how they're done is this still like 2d like traditional yeah for the most part i think yeah because there are some shots in this that i was trying to figure out how they're doing any of this like the top down views and uh, when they're they're flying around with the the ODS, mm-hmm. ODS characters are hand drawn. Sometimes background titans as well as horses are three D. 
Um, there's a mix of CG and 2D sometimes. Okay. So the most part hand-drawn, but our characters are hand-drawn. But some of the shots, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about the animation was like the freeze frames that make it look like a comic book. Well, like a manga, because that's where it's from, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just felt like it, it took me out of it. It felt like it was like not finished, that kind yeah. of idea. But I think maybe I'm not understanding something in the culture that maybe it's like a it's paying tribute to its roots. Yes. And in a sense, it's something like... Um, if I had to think of it like Sin City, yeah. where it's like supposed to look like a comic book and this is supposed to have that comic book feel. Yeah. So so now you're now that you're delving yourself really into one of the most popular, like people make fun of Attack on Titan because of how popular it is in anime. Because remember, anime used to be this cool thing only cool edgy people did. Now everybody does it, right? Um, oh, yeah. Anime is like the in thing now. It's very in. It's very, yeah. I still don't get it, but I they had some catchy tunes in this what do you think of the opening i told you i had to i had to immediately go on spotify and like play that i have probably right before i do something insane or like it's joke like i go it's so yeah so iconic but like so there is like also a battle between manga versus anime because obviously manga is produced much faster it takes longer to make anime so fans will get annoyed at anime because it can't include everything that's in the manga. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, this is such a cheap, they changed this. And so what the anime tries to do is pay tribute to the manga and hold those freeze frames. Recently, One Piece in one of its thousand episodes, uh, recently more came out, did a sick opening. Did literally just captured the actual shot because they said it would do a disservice to the epic moment that it was. So, Well, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. Like, in that it's not just, like, a pity, like, ah, I'm seeing this, and I have to acknowledge it because of all this, like, because of Akira and Spirit Away, not just the hype, but also cinematically, this is... Oh, you're saying, like, oh, like, this was a classic, so I have to watch it. Yeah, this this is very much, you don't have to watch this. This is just pure fun, and... But I heard somebody on YouTube saying this is part of, like, a big three of anime. Well, it's become one of the big three of anime, yeah. But... I would say this is not like, it's not like cinematic people are hailing over the hand-drawn design or the plot or the pacing or what it's representing. This is not representing anything. This is just let's kill things and have ODM gear and swing off buildings and let's just mess things up. And I don't want to detract too much from the series, but I think there are important questions to ask. Um, did you read the the original manga? No, no way. I'm not reading. No interest in that. No, no. I don't read my movies. Are you gonna go uh, read it? No. Okay. I, I was just asking you because no. I know you're a fan. Mm-mm. Eddie's also a fan. He loves Attack on Titan. He he got into full anime mode. He was like, eh, it loses its steam around like season four. I was like, okay. Eddie. But he also told me there's a movie. Uh, did you watch that? I have not. No. Uh, Krista and I are waiting to finish when the series finishes. We're gonna watch the movie okay is is the the series finished technically but you're just you're you're behind it no um, or, or is it live still oh yeah no the series uh oh. I don't, i'll be honest with you nick i haven't really kept up in a while oh the final chapters are happening right now it ends on september 10th the final episode of attack on titan oh shit so that's like yeah it's next still week. ongoing i didn't even know that yeah well yeah by the time this episode comes out uh i think it'll be a week before it ends why don't you tell me some of your favorite characters obviously i love aaron i also like uh mikasa mikasa yeah she's awesome um i was very confused with um armin uh because i think just gender in general 
confused me. A few of those characters uh, looked very masculine, and they ended up being uh, girls or, or vice versa. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a thing. Um, and androgynous characters are common in anime. Yeah. There is an epic fight scene in season three, actually. There's a lot of fight in season two and three. But if you never got to it, and like you're like, hey, I'm done with the series, I think I would show you... Because to me, season three is really... Like, I haven't really liked season four a lot. It feels like a totally different show. Seasons one, two, three are great. And I think season three, just for some of the fighting, is bananas. I obviously love the action sequence between the two large... Uh, the Annie and... Titans? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that whole fight sequence, it happens a few times. But um, that and I really loved the scene where um, they lower the soldiers down. And... Again, like seeing them swing around and fight all these titans was always super cool. I think Mikasa might be my favorite character overall, even though I feel like it should be Eren, but I think I like her more. She's a great female lead. Yeah, you want to talk about writing good female characters? Some of it, some people get annoyed with, with kind of what happens to her eventually, but I've always felt she's a great character. And I like the, um, I guess the, the setup of it, the story. Because even though it kind of felt like some things that I read before, like I, I was getting like village vibes and um, ironically Resident Evil vibes where it's like um, there's this whole society that kind of like knows something about this area and it's closed in away from yeah. what, you know, the rest of the world could be and stuff like that. So it felt like similar to territory of things that I've seen before. But it still felt fresh enough to be like a new thing. Yeah, and you understand when this came out, it was the biggest thing in anime. They do eventually make it pretty far out beyond the walls. So if that like seems impossible now, um, which it might, they really they really begin to uncover everything, and it's pretty wild where it goes. Because I'm expecting my predictions. I'd love to hear your predictions. Because I I know bits and pieces of yeah. what potentially could be happening. Um, but I think that there's something else going on outside the walls, and that like there's a group of people that are like not affected by the Titans at all. Maybe even a larger society. I don't know if maybe they're peeking in at what's happening here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's my general idea of what could be going on. So you think there's a out a larger outside society that's doing what exactly? Either observing what's happening okay. in these cities, or or they um maybe there's a larger wall that's keeping the titans in that area. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. because like immediately when when you first called, I was like, when did these guys have time to make these walls? Like I I, I got World War Z vibes. I was like, even them like. The virus happened so fast. Like, when did you have time to build this wall? Yeah. Think about how many questions you still have where you're at at season one. And season one ends with Annie frozen thing, right? Yeah. So how did the walls get here? What is on the outside world? Why are there Titans? How are Titans? Why do they exist? How do they exist? What is that? What's in the basement? Um, all that gets answered. All right. So then, like, you know, the breadcrumbs. Yeah, the breadcrumbs. I might, I might come for more. I think what, unfortunately, unlike Old Boy or some of those stuff, it is a little disappointing. I mean, I have to ask you about three big moments in the show, which are the three big moments. What did you think of Aaron's mom death? Absolutely insane. I was, I knew it was coming. I mean, every great hero, uh, you know, it has to happen. Um, (laughs) But I did not see see it go down like that. Like, out of a thousand guesses, that's not how, even if if that was how I thought it was going to happen, I didn't 
realized it was going to be shown as visceral. Brutal. All right, so cool. Got your thought on that. What did you think of when Aaron, Aaron gets eaten? My jaw dropped yeah. because I was like, there's no way. I was like, he's the main character. I was like, how does this end here? And um, online they said it was like, they they gave like hints at like what it was supposed to be i didn't see the hints at all no neither did i and it was a complete surprise when it happened and i had to really piece together the 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 puzzle pieces when he emerged from the back of the titan and i was like trying to figure out what happened and i was like i thought he was like originally eaten and like like he was just like inside and somehow he was able to figure out how to control it like that yeah i had no idea that he was actually that had the ability to become one cool cool and then last question what did you think of Aaron trying to slice the colossal titan the big guy i don't know if i'm putting this too much on a pedestal sure i i don't know if i've seen action this good in an animated series you probably won't the action sequences i've seen in in animated series would have been like batman and x-men and spider-man stuff like that so i don't think it would have come up to this yeah, no like running on roofs using these like you know latching onto walls which basically or just... when when the the cables like give way and they just smack into into yeah. the roofs yeah and i think that's eventually what you'll see is that sometimes not to give too much but what's great about it is the mystery early on but some of the answers like anything else ah are they as cool or is they not season two does a lot more to talk about lore and you get some answers and things but season three has the epic fights so you might have to get through season two to get to season three and there's more out there there's plenty i'm trying to give you some of the good stuff but all right uh now that i know that you like this there's so as much as attack on titan is not like anything else that's very unique there is stuff that can that action that you just can't do live right like to do what they did anyway i would be interested to see how the movie pulls that off definitely all right so uh final thoughts and ratings ratings. i'll go first since it's mine yeah attack on titan is as the guy you watch uh said is the big three it really blew up at a time where anime was really coming into its own it probably got people into it uh we were in college at the time and so to hit our generation with uh something like this has had attack on titan has had so much of a cultural effect on everything you can think of things like Fortnite, even having attack on titan the gear the odm gear so that being said, it is brutal. It is gritty. It is one of the darker animes uh, out there. And it is just so much fun to watch as you try to figure out and piece it all together. And while you're trying to figure it out, there are people flying across the screen with two swords, slicing things up. It's a ton of fun. It's one of the best animates. Five out of five. Similarly, I really enjoyed my watch on Attack on Titan. I think there's still like that disconnect between me and anime where I don't fully like really get into it i think that's just me with the medium story-wise i love the the writing of it i love the the premise i love the action um the animation was really beautiful to look at i think everything played really nicely and flowed very uh nicely where i wasn't uh i wasn't bored i wasn't too bombarded with like theory and philosophy like some of the other ones that you showed me uh, so I think that's what I need. I need that watered down anime. Uh, <laughs> but for that, um, I think I'm going to lean a four out of five. This has been an episode of Take 303. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure you're following us on Spotify and on Instagram, Take.303, brand new account. We'd love it if you could follow us there. This week's 
question of the week is, what is a show that you have tried to convince people to watch that you love that you wish other people would see and would watch? What is your television pick? And this week's poll question of the week will be, out of JP's and Nick's picks, we'll put all four because we have six, out of which episode uh, did you like the best out of the three of them? Or we could even do which movie or product, right? Which of the films that we showed? television mixed in so which of them do you like the best let us know so that'll be demolition man spirited away silicon valley attack on titan the way way back and mannequin and uh thanks so much for watching bye bye